and keep your seats. Welcome to One Church. Um, uh, our mission is to lead people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, when we started this church a year and a half ago, we wanted to make sure we started the church for people who didn't like going to church, people who didn't normally go to church. So when we started this church, we want, didn't want to be like every other church. We started and we created nine core values. These are core values that said, you know what, this is going to make us different and distinctive from other churches because Clarksville doesn't need another church, right? How many of y'all had to drive past two churches to get here? You know what I'm talking about? All right, that's pretty much all of us. One of the things we've been talking about in this uh, series called Selling Souls on eBay is we've been looking at a couple of our core values. past two weeks, we've been looking at our core value called relational evangelism. Now, that's not how we quite said that. We said it. We called it invest in... Invest and invite. Invest in, invest in the life of somebody outside these walls and invite them. Invite them to church. Invite them to hear your story. Invite them to hear God's story. Today, we're talking about another one of our core values, and it's called strategic service. Everybody say that. That really was awful. Let's say it again. Strategic service. That's right. This is an all-state day. All right. Well, this is, you know, we're all in this together. Um, to, I'll just want to say, I'm going to go ahead and show you the cards in my hand. This is one of the most important days of our church. In fact, my goal today is this, that for those of you who call one church my church, uh, you call one church, hey, you know, I really like going to that church, you know, the two, twice a month, maybe I go there or whatever, three times a month, I, and, and you're not involved in ministry, my, my goal to you unabashedly is for you to get involved in ministry today. Now, let me say this. I also know there are some people here who've never been to church before. Maybe this is your first time here at One Church. You're off the hook, all right? Because this sermon really isn't even for you. So you don't have to squirm in your seat. You can watch other people squirm in their seats. It's cool, all right? So, But if this is your first time back, not been to church in a while, thank you so much for coming. Um, and you're going to really be able to see, we're going to open up the hood of the engine of One Church, and you're going to be able to see why we want to be different then maybe the church that you grew up in, the church that you left, for whatever reason. So today we're talking about strategic service. Now let me just say this. That's a really hard thing to define, but I'm going to try to define it for you today. Strategic service, don't pray for me, I need some help. Strategic service, the definition is where you serve strategically. Thank you very much. Right? You serve, strategic service it's really a reaction from my past and some of the churches that I've served in where you have 20% of the people that does 80% of the work. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you left churches like that and, you know, you were like the church treasurer and you were like on the committee chairman and, you know, you took the offering and when the pastor wasn't there, you were expected to preach and you wore a lot of different hats, all right? And 20% of the people did... 80% of the work. Now, strategic service says, you know what, what if 20% of the people didn't do 80% of the work? What if one person did one job? And where 100% of the people did just one thing. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Today is we're saying thank you to all of our volunteers. I'm going to ask everybody who's involved in a ministry here at One Church. If you're involved in a ministry here at One Church, for you to stand up and for you to come up on stage because I'm, oh, did you hear that groan? Oh, oh my gosh. What will he do? Will he embarrass me? You betcha. <laughs> you 
If you're involved in, in, in one ministry, all right, I want you to come and just yeah, bring it in. Bring it in. All right. Oh, look, y'all are making friends. All right. Squinch it in. One of these things is not like the other louver. All right. All right, y'all keep, we're going to have to make two rows. So if some people can kind of come in front of. There you go. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Kelsey. All right, cool. All right. While they're coming in here, I'm going to talk a little bit. Let me tell you about these people. These are people who are who says this. One church just isn't a great church. One church is my church. These are people who says, you know what? I'm willing to invest my life and, 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 and involve myself in a church that is willing to grow people into this growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what these people are for. And let me tell you. The reason why, this is so cool, one church a year and a half ago consisted of 35 people. Today we're over 400 every Sunday. And let me tell you the reason why we've grown. It isn't because of a sermon. It isn't because of a band. It's because of people just like this who are saying, you know what, I am willing to get myself involved in a church who's willing to make outsiders the focus. People are saying, you know what, Jesus Christ, his mission was to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's the reason. These are people who rock your babies. Uh, these are people who teach your children. Um, I'll tell you, how you doing? Samantha, I, I know you love um, Samantha, she teaches my son Jed, who's four years old. I, I mean, two Sundays out of the month. And she does a fantastic job. And let me tell you, my son, we pray every night. We pray every night. That in, in the three things that we talk about in this environment every Sunday morning is that God made them, Jesus loves them, and Jesus wants to be Jed's friend forever. And it's because of what Sam is doing that I'm praying that my son Jed will come to know the Lord. Thank you, Sam. There, we've got people in here on set up and tear down. Let's just, how many of y'all are involved in set up and tear down? Raise your hands. All right, cool. Fantastic. How many of you guys are involved in the praise team? Raise your hands. All right, cool. By the way, they're the same people. Set up and tear down and praise team. All right, cool. Uh, how many of y'all involved in uh, children's ministry? Raise your hands. Wow, that's probably the majority. We have over 100 people involved in children's ministry here at one church. That's for shizzle. All right. How many of y'all are involved in student ministry? Raise your hands. Cool. How many of y'all are, are involved in media, lighting, sound? All right, awesome. How many of y'all are community group facilitators? All right, awesome, great. How many of you are, oh, connect ministry. These are greeters, data entry. Um, okay, cool, very good. And uh, who? Security. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. You're so wise. How many of y'all are involved in security here at One Church? Raise your hand. All right, cool. Rob, he's the big burly dude. So we got bouncers here at one church, too. Me and Rob, we can move our pecs. Come on. I'm sorry. That, that was just scary. i got to be honest with you. All righty, cool. These are people who, number one, put up with my craziness, but two, they love Jesus. And they love being involved in a church that, that helps lead outsiders and show them Jesus Christ. And let me tell you again before the, they sit down, because I love embarrassing them. You know, they're not, none of them, I'm sure all of them up here are feeling very uncomfortable. 
Because the whole reason they do this isn't so they can come up on stage. Many of these people work behind the scenes. And um, they don't do it for an attaboy on the back. They do it because they, they want to invest in your children's lives and your students' lives. They want to they wanna make people feel welcome when they come. So right now, would you please help me to say thank you to these wonderful people? Thank you. Y'all be seated. Thank you very much. Cool. As they're being seated, all right, cool. Thank you very, very much. I want to ask one fellow to come up here. And uh, my, my friend Robert, um, he, he's illustrating the, the pro principle of my past where 20% of the people did 80% of the work. Wow. Somebody thinks I'm funny. All right. This is my friend Robert Phipps. Robert is a wonderful dude. But the, the, here's Robert's issue, though. Robert has issues, and I, bless your heart. Um, by the way, Robert didn't know this. In the South, when you say bless your heart to somebody, that's not a compliment. All right? He kept on coming to me and saying, bless your heart, Chris. And I'm going, what'd that do? You know? And then I had to, you know, fill him in. Right. Robert's problem is this. He does a lot of things here at One Church. Let me tell you some of what Robert does. He is a man who wears multiple shirts. Robert does the setup team. Take it off, baby. All right. Robert does the teardown team. Oh, Lord. Hey, where's my $1 bills, Luther? All right, here we go right here. There we go. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, he also drives the trailers. All right. All the setup antenna, we have to store that stuff in trailers. Uh, he is also a greeter. He also does the, now, you're seeing the amazing shrinking man. See, when he came upstairs on here, he looked like me. All right. And he's, he's shrinking. See, that's my problem. Maybe I got too many shirts on. Anyway, he also counts the offering. All right, and um, he also helps out Ashley in children's ministry. Cool, there you go. And um, I think one of the things that he loves and what he's really passionate about doing is during the week he takes our extra bulletins and he goes to apartments and he tells other people about Jesus Christ. That's what he's passionate about. But he's willing to wear all of these other shirts because we don't have people to fill these shirts. How many shirts is that, by the way, Robert? Seven shirts. Let's give Robert a hand. Hey, Robert. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get emails about that one. All right. Cool. Well, that's, that's where I'm wanting to land today, strategic service. What if only one person wear one shirt? You know, the thing about Robert is I'm sure he's feeling pretty free right now. He's not all bunched up. He doesn't look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. All right? Because he's only doing one thing. What if, for some of you who have been involved in, in, in one church for months now, what if you said, you know what? I'm not going gonna, gonna to stop praying about where God wants me, and I'm just going to jump in. And as I'm serving, God's going to show me which direction to go. That's where, and that's what I'm asking you. And that's our big idea today. Our big idea is simply this. It's where we apply our heart and our hands to the place of greatest demand. Let's say that together. 
applying your heart and your hands to the place of greatest demand. That is where we have 100% of the people doing 100% of the work, and it's not the 2080 stuff. Everything. Let me tell you, one of the things we do here at One Church is we don't have anything random. We're, in fact, One Church, we, do, we don't do more things than we do. We don't do, uh, we don't do VBS. We don't do uh, men's ministry, women's ministry. We don't do Sunday school. Um, we don't, I mean, we don't have a choir. We never will. All right. Um, there are a lot of things that we don't do, and let me tell you the reason why. It's because we want to keep this thing simple. When we started one church a year and a half ago, we wanted it, we call it some, we call it our four-year to kitchen strategy. Here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But uh, we, we Sunday morning in community groups, Sunday morning in community. We don't do Tuesday night. We don't do Wednesday night. We don't do Sunday night. We don't do Thursday night. We do Sunday morning in what? Community group. That's it. All right? Now, some of you are thinking, well, I want to do Tuesday night. I want to do Sunday night. You're more than welcome to. There are many other churches that do that. All right? We're not going to be one of those churches that do that. Because we believe that the average person in America, they said, they've done a recent statistic on this, that they're only willing to give two hours of their week to church or charity things. So instead of gritching about it and banging our heads up against that, you know what? We're going to do Sunday morning. So when we started one church, we said we're going to do four things. We're going to do Sunday morning worship. We're going to do children's ministry, student ministry, and community groups. Those four things. And that's it. We wanted to keep it simple and strategic. Simple and strategic. So when we say, hey, we want you to get involved, we're not saying you just get involved in some random thing that we got going on some other night of the week, you know, Thursday nights when the full moon hits the apex of the, you know, we don't do that. We just keep it simple. We keep it simple here at One Church. So one of the things with, with our big idea that we're really going to land on, applying your heart and your hands to the point of greatest demand, this is not something that we've created up. This is something that we get from the Bible. In fact, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them and turn them to Acts chapter 6. If you have the One Church Bible, uh, it's on page 834, all right? So turn to Acts chapter 6, and we're going to see this principle illustrated of strategic service. Now, while you're turning there, uh, Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament. You've got to go past Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, those four books were written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they were written about one person. Anybody know? Jesus. That's exactly right. So when you get to the book of Acts, his 12 followers that hung out with Jesus, uh, his friends, as they called them, the 12 disciples or apostles, um, Jesus, when it comes to the end of his life, Passover comes, uh, the religious leaders, they, they, uh, they get angry at him, they get trumped up charges, they kill him, they crucify him, he's buried for three days, and then he is raised to new life. He's raised again. He starts living and breathing again. That's what next Sunday is. We celebrate Easter. Um, it is 500 people saw Jesus come back from the dead. That's what the Bible says. That's so cool. So it's not just 12 people saying, hey, you get your story straight and I'll get my story. No, 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 no. 
The Bible says over 500 people outside the 12 saw Jesus. He he came up to life again. That's so cool. In in the book of Acts, the first chapter, Jesus is still here and he's saying, hey, by the way, I'm going up to heaven. I'm going to hang out with God for for a while. You keep on going. And And he goes up to heaven and the disciples are scratching their heads going, now what? And Acts answers the question, now what? The Acts is short for action. And it's talking about the action of the disciples, action of the Holy Spirit. So that's what's happening. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. All right? Now, by the way, before we hit this, the, the early church at this point was a baby organization. They had no structure. There was no, there was no hymnals. There was no meeting places. There was no screens. There was no T-shirts. There was nothing like that. It was just baby, baby, baby church with no leadership. And everybody said, well, who's going to lead this thing? And they all looked to the 12 disciples who hung out with Jesus for three and a half years, and they said, hey, step up, buddy. It's you, all right? So, but Peter wasn't the president. John wasn't the vice president. It was just, it was loosey-goosey. Some of these folks, these were just fishermen and tax collectors. They didn't know anything about leadership. But God, Jesus, left them in charge of this baby, baby church. And in Acts chapter 6, we're going to read our first church problem. Now, some of y'all, y'all left churches because your church had a problem. Well, guess what? All churches got problems. It goes back to this very first, first century, the early church. All right? Acts chapter 6, verse 1. And this is going to model for us strategic service. Acts 6, 1 says, But as the believers rapidly multiplied. Let me stop right there. You see, what happened back in that early church, just like us here at One Church, that started with 35 people and grew to over 300%, 400 every Sunday. Just like back then, it started with 120 people, and on one day it grew to 3,000. It grew like wildfire. And this baby, baby organization grew, and it just it, it busted, it exploded. It just busted at the seams, and everybody got involved with this Jesus movement. Now, here's something that's really cool. Back then, they weren't called Christians. That term came much, much later. Back then, they called people who followed Jesus, they called them followers of, interestingly enough, the way. Now, why did they do that? Because Jesus kept on saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? No one gets to the Father except through me. So they weren't called Christians. That come a few years later when non-believers, people who did not follow Jesus, kind of like snickeredly say, hey, let's call them little Christ, like mini-me's, right? All right, that's what Christian means. It means a little Christ. So they all get involved in this movement. All these people are joining. Now, keep on reading. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. Boom, boom, boom. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers. Now, let me stop right there explain this. The Hebrew-speaking believers were Jews who grew up in and around Jerusalem. And their culture was a Hebrew or a Jewish culture. They spoke Hebrew, um, they dressed Hebrew, and they they totally followed the Old Testament. Um, They were... Hebrew-speaking Jews, and they lived in Jerusalem or the surrounding area. And then the Greek-speaking Jews. The Greek-speaking Jews were those who did not, were still Jews, and still believed the Old Testament, but they were more Greek than Hebrew. They probably didn't speak Hebrew. They were, they probably lived in places far away like Rome and Athens and Corinth and 
Ephesus and all of these way far surrounding things. And what happened is the Passover happened. Passover is where all of the Jews, Greek or Hebrew, all over the world, they come to Jerusalem and they worship God. They sacrifice. What happened to this Passover, though, was that Jesus was murdered. He was crucified. And he was buried. And then when he was raised again, when he came to life again, what's so cool, not only he came to life, but a bunch of other people in a bunch of the cemeteries around Jerusalem came to life. That's so interesting. You may not have known that. You ought to read your Bible. It's kind of cool. So imagine this. You're, you're there. You're uh, eating a falafel on Ben Yehuda Street in Jerusalem. And hey, there's my Aunt Edna. She's been dead for four years. And girl, she looks good. Uh, she lost some weight. Uh, and everybody's like, whoa, what's happened? And they, 500 people see Jesus. And people, and, and these Greek people who normally were just in town for the weekend, for Passover, they stayed. And they got caught up in the fervor of the way. And they said, look, the Messiah's here. The Messiah's here. He was, he was killed, and now he's born. I mean, he's, he's there. He's alive. Jesus is alive. That's what we're celebrating next Sunday. And they decide, you know what? I'm not going back to Crete. I'm not going back to Rome. I'm staying here because Jesus is alive. So you have the, these two groups of people, the people who live in their surrounding areas, the, the Hebrew Jews, and the people who don't live in the surrounding areas, you say, I want to stick around. These are the Greek Jews, right? So, keep on reading. Um, there was rumblings and discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. What was happening is they chose to do life together, and they, they put their money together, they put their food together, and they hung out together. And these ladies these probably older ladies who didn't have men to take care of them, the church said, you know what, we're going to feed you. But the outsiders, these Greek-speaking Jews, they were getting overlooked in the allocation of the food. And, and, and some people come up and said, hey, disciples, you know, the 12? Everybody's looking to you for leadership? Now, your sermons are really good, but our widows are going hungry. And your people are getting preferential treatment. And he parked in my parking spot. And he's in my spot. In fact, my Aunt Edna, she donated that pew. There's a little plaque that says Aunt Edna. And, and, and he's my pastor. All right? See? You've been in a church like that. So have I. All right? Problems. So what did they do? Now, this is so cool. And this is so interesting what they did. This church has no organization, no structure. And these 12 disciples or apostles, they're spending 24 hours a day talking about Jesus and say, hey, this is what Jesus did when we were with him two years ago and last year and two weeks ago. So look at verse 2. So the twelve called the meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles, that's just another word for the twelve, should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. The twelve are saying, hey, whoa, 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 time out. We realize that there is a very legitimate need, but we're not the ones to fill this need. Because you need me to tell you what Jesus did. You need John to start writing down the things that he remembered about Jesus so that we can tell other people about the way. And even though there's a legitimate need, we're not the ones to do it. We need to focus on the mission. Because if we focus on running a food program, the mission will be sidelined and sidetracked. 
verse 3 and 4. Verses 3 and 4. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we can spend our time in prayer and teaching the Word. So they handpicked seven people, and they delegated this responsibility to them. The twelve were saying, listen, this is a legitimate need. This is extraordinarily important, but we're not the ones to do it because we are on a mission. Blues Brothers, we're on a mission from God, man. Right? They're on a mission, and they were on this mission from God. They're saying, you know what? Our mission, we are to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Jesus is no longer here right now. So we got to tell other people about Jesus and what Jesus did and how just a month ago, Jesus, he rose from the dead. He's alive. This is a legitimate need. And if we ignore this need about the widows, the mission's going to be hurt. But if we choose to jump in and do it ourselves, we're going to be off mission. So what we're going to do is we are going to invite people's hearts and hands and we're going to place them in a place of critical demand. So, that's what they do. They're saying, together, all of us can stay on mission if we do our jobs, they do their jobs, and all of us will do what God has called us to do. So, we'll continue reading. Acts 6, verse 5. Everyone liked this idea. Hey, great idea, Bob. Thanks, friend. All right. And they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. By the way, this dude was a rock star. In fact, you're going to read in Acts, Acts 7 and 8. I mean, he was a big deal with the church in Jerusalem. But you know how he got his start? Waiting tables. Seriously. He is a servant. Um, there's also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon. He has a good friend by the name of Pumba. Parmenius, Nicholas of Antioch. He was an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. That's so cool. They said, we're going to delegate this responsibility. We're going to fix this problem, not by us just jumping in, but we're going to get other people to jump in. Now, what's so cool about this? You would think that the next verse would, would say something like this. Now, the widows got their daily allotment of food, and everybody's happy. You would expect to say that because that was the problem, right? But it doesn't say that. That's the reason I like this story. Let's look at what the next verse says. So... Consequently, result, these two are connected. So, God's message continued to spread. What? How is feeding widows connected to God's message continuing to be spread? Because there was a critical need, and when a certain group of people met that critical need, the entire mission flourished. Because the disciples didn't get off mission, they stayed on mission by inviting more hearts and more hands into the mix and saying, we all can stay on mission together. Verses in verse 7. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. Suddenly, look at this, with this very specific need when it was met, the church spread like wildfire. It just grew and grew and grew. And look at this nice part. And many of the Jewish priests were converted to that rocks my face off. Let me tell you the reason why. It was just a few months ago, these are the people who said to Jesus, kill him. Burn him. Kill him. 
nailing to a cross. We want, we, don't, we want nothing to do with this Jesus. Crucify him. These people who, were, their fingerprints were all over the murder weapon that killed Jesus. These people are now coming to know Jesus Christ. That rocks. And they said, you know what, we're going to leave this religious job we had. And you know what, our friends here are messed up and we're going to follow. We're going to be a part of the way because we cannot get to heaven only through Jesus Christ because he is the way. What's so cool about this is our situation is so similar to the early churches. We're a church that's a year and a half old. A year and a half old. And you know what, God has grown our church greatly. And, it, and the growth has not come because of one person or one sermon or because of one song. It's happened because of all of these people who are up on, up on the stage. Because they have, we have tremendous buy-in for the people. So you know what? One church just isn't a church. It's my church. And I'm willing to get involved. And no, maybe I can't sing and maybe I can't dance or I can't say it like you would. But you know what? What I can do is I can be able to help rock a baby. I can be able to teach a four-year-old about Jesus Christ. I'm able to come and I'm able to sit up and I'm able to tear down and I'm able to hold somebody's door. And we have people that understand that the sermon doesn't start right here. That the sermon starts in the parking lot. The sermon starts with that first person who opens the door and says, Welcome to One Church. You see, that's where it starts. Worship starts there, not here. And we have people who understand that say, You know what? I can open a door for somebody. I can be able to help out in children. I can help with setup. I can help with teardown. I can be a community group leader. I can be involved in stuff. I, just, I would just put me involved. You put, take my heart and my hands and you put me where you need me. I'm willing to be involved. And that's exactly what happened in the first century. And you know, we're here at one church, and I've said this earlier, we don't do anything just to do it. They're every part of everything that we do is a critical part. You know what I'm saying? It's like you open up the hood. By the way, if you ever see me open up the hood of my car and looking in, you'd be afraid. You'd be very afraid. Because I am, I don't have, I can't do anything like that. But, you know, you open up your, your, the hood of your truck, your car. That doesn't look important. Let's just chuck that, throw that out. <laughs> Spark plugs. Why is there eight? Why don't we just put six in there, right? Let's take two out. We, who needs them, right? No, 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 no. Everything is critical to the whole. And that's how we are in one church. Everything that we do is critical to the whole, and the whole is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. And that's the reason we don't do more things that we do, because we want to be laser-focused. And we say, you know what? It's about Sunday morning community groups. Sunday morning community groups. And I know some people, you know what? I'm involved in a community group. And is there any, is there any more? And my answer is yes. You get involved. How many of y'all ever been on a team, like a sports team? All right? Okay, let me ask you this. How many of y'all ever been on a sports team that had a winning season? All right? Luther, don't lie. No. Oh, seriously. How, how did it feel? How did it feel to be on that team with a win? Yeah, good. Thumbs up. Thanks, friend. All right, cool. How does it feel to be a part of something bigger than yourself and you win? You see, our win here at One Church is what happened a couple of weeks ago. We saw those baptisms. That's our win. That's our Sunday morning win. 
And everything that we do is to lead people to step across that line and say, I now believe in Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. It's not about pushing agendas or pushing denominations. It's not any of that stuff. It's pushing Jesus. That's what we're about. If you don't like it, go to another church. Go to a cult. All right? But we're about Jesus. We're crazy about Jesus here. All right? Now here's So what I'm asking you to do is, you know what? Well, I can't talk like you, Chris. That's okay. But what you can do, and, and here's what I don't want you to do. Let me pray about it, and then I'll see where to get involved. No. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get involved and then pray. Right, now, some of you, you're being heretical. No, I'm not. This is not my notes out there, but just think about it. When, when Moses is at the Red Sea, he gets to the Red Sea, and the Pharaoh's army's behind him, and the Red Sea's in front of him, and everybody, and, and all the church people around him going, yeah, 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 yeah. all right? Why, why didn't you just leave us back in Egypt, all right? So, and Moses starts praying. And you know what God says? Get up, Moses. Stop praying. Seriously. There are some times that you don't need to pray. You just, you need to say, you know what? You, you put me in. And you know what? When you get involved... Then you start praying, now God, wherever you want me to land, you let me land. And some of you, you just don't know where you fit. I can understand that. That's the whole reason why we do a membership class here at One Church. The win for that membership class is for you to understand about you and your spiritual gifts and what you're passionate about and how you fit. Because we believe that if you're going to be a member here at One Church, you're going to be involved in at least one ministry. That's our win. We don't have members like other churches. we got 3,000 members and only 11 people show up on Wednesday morning. You know? That's not what we're about. We, if, if we got 3,000 members, then we got 3,000 people serving. Because that is where it happens. That is where lives change. It's, it's, it's the, the fellow on the bench that says, Coach, put me in. I want to be a part of that winning team. And some of you, you know how it feels like because you are involved You've, got, you've literally got the T-shirt. And you've been able to see lives being changed. i got a good friend. Uh, um, I'm not going to mention his name because he's here. But he says, you know what? The reason why I, jo I joined one church is because I want to see lives changed. And you know what? I've seen lives changed. My life has been changed. And I've seen so many other people that, you know what? They wouldn't go to other churches, but I invite them to here and they come and they like it. And that's, it, it, it's so exciting. I, I've, inv I've invested in them, and I've invited them, and they show up, and they come up, and this is what they say to me, Chris. This is the person I've been talking to you about. I've been talking to them for about six months, you know. And what that means is don't screw it up, preacher. All right? Don't say something stupid. All right? And what, the, what they're saying is, Chris, I'm counting on you. But you know what? It's, they're not only just saying it to me, they're saying it to you. Because I'm counting on you to hold open that door. I'm counting on you to be able to provide an environment for the children so that they can come and hear God's word preached. I'm inviting you not just to babysit, because we're not about babysitting. We're about putting an anchor in a child's life that they will never, ever, ever be able to recover from because they've heard Jesus loves them. That's what we're about. So, really, how we're going to apply this is very simple. Get involved. Now, some of you, well, I need to know where, I need to know how I fit. I need to know where my passion. I said go to membership club. But let me say, don't do this. Let me give you an example. Me, Josh, and a good dude, my big old dude down here named Ryan, say, what's up? 
Right. We all three were going to the Black Horse to get some food. You remember this? And we were driving to the Black Horse. I was driving, and I'm a little crazy driver. Um, I'm not a little crazy. I'm a big crazy driver. Anyway, side point. Um, we're, dri- we're driving, and um, we see this old elderly man who's lost his lumber off of his pickup. Remember that? It was strung all on the side of the road. There's traffic everywhere. Everybody's bl- you know, blowing the horn and giving the California wave, right? And, and uh, I didn't pull up next to the person and say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. I didn't pull up and say, okay, you know, stacking lumber is not my gift. Sorry. What did we do? We pulled over to the side of the road and we stopped and we helped. Now, that wasn't, you know, loading lumber ain't my gift. And it's not something that I'm going to do for a full-time job. And you know what? We were willing to do it for a time because we were willing to put our hearts and our hands to the place of the greatest demand. And there was a need there. And let me tell you, here at One Church, there's a need. Some of you think, well, you don't need new volunteers. Let me say, if you don't volunteer, things are still going great. We still got people to hang out with the kids. We got people to set up and turn out. But who's going to be the biggest loser is you. Because there's something about serving on a team that makes you feel feel like, wow, I'm a part of something bigger. And let me tell you, 70% of our church here at One Church are military. That means we've got, this summer, we have quite a few people that are going to be PCSing. I'm not in the military. That means permanent change of station, okay? I learned that, all right? The reason why I'm not in the military, I'll give you one reason. John Candy and Stripes, all right? That's me right here. All right? But you know what? I'm, I, I, <laughs> pray for me. Um, but you know, some of you are saying, well, we, we're going to have a lot of soldiers going to be coming in this summer from other bases. And we're going to need people here to be able to care for their children and care for their wives and care for their husbands. We need you to step up and say, I'm willing. You put me in the game, Coach. You put me in the and, you know, some of you, you're PCS and you think, well, I might be leaving this summer, so I, I, I'm just not going to do that. No! No! Might! I might get hit by a semi-truck next week. Alright? It might happen, so I'm not going to do anything. No! You say, you know what? I'm going to get involved now. And I may only have two months. But you know what? For these two months, you put me in, Coach. You put me in, Coach. So, how we're going to end this is this way. Everybody has your bulletin, right? Everybody has a bulletin. Alright? I want you to open up your bulletins and I want you to take off this perforated edge. And let me tell you what I don't want you to do with this. Don't put this in the offering plate. Now, by the way, if you're a, a first-time guest, you've never been here, we're not asking you to do this. You can't put yours in the offering plate. But if you've been here two, three times, you hang on to this. Because I want you to fill this out legibly. And then I want you to look on the back and I want you to pick at least one area of ministry to be involved in. Let me go over them. First one, I am interested in serving in media. And let me tell you some stuff that we got coming up. This is so cool. One of our goals for this year was to start an Internet campus. And what I mean by that is that we wanted to videotape the worship and the sermons in here so that we can be able to put that on our front page so that soldiers who are in Afghanistan, Iraq, people who PCS away from here, they can still come to One Church, our website, and worship with us i got a good friend by the name of Randy Wetzel. 
and he said his wife was coming to one church for a year before he was able to ever able to come because he was he was deployed. And he says, "Man, I wish she's talking about all this great stuff, and I can't experience it. I want to hear the worship. I want to be there. You know what? Doing this, what God is so cool, God." We couldn't be able to do this because we didn't have the resources. We didn't have the funds or uh, specifically the cameras. Uh, we were looking at this package. We were looking at it cost about 20 grand. But we got a, a fella who had been to one church who was closing down a business who said, you know what, I've got $20,000 worth of camera equipment. How about I sell them to you for five? And I said, yes, let me pray about it. All right? And you know what? One of our cameras is back in the back. But the thing is now, we need people to run the cameras. Seriously. We need, we need about two people, and possibly four, to be able to help run these cameras. So I'm going to ask you, if you're interested in doing cameras or lighting, sign up. Take this card when you leave here. There's a media table. And hand this to them. They're going to hand you something. Let me give you another one. Uh, a website. We need somebody who knows something about website, and that ain't me. That's not our worship pastor. Josh is doing a great job, but he's the only one doing it. He's, the learning curve is high, isn't it? Yes. We need somebody to say, you know what? I'm willing to be involved in that area of ministry. Um, video screen. Cindy is in the back. She's the one that does all of these. We only have one person to do these every Sunday. If she ever gets sick, it's going to be Luther back there running the screens. And it's going to be a scary thing. Uh, um, so we need somebody. Hey, I'm willing. Put me in, coach. Sign me up. Uh, check one of those children. Some, how many of y'all are parents and you bring kids here? Thank you for volunteering for being in the children's ministry. Thank you very much. All right. Here's the thing. If you got a kid, I say, you know what? Put me in. And maybe you don't want to work with your kid. I don't want to work with my kid. Right? <laughs> but I'll tell you, when I don't preach here, you know what I'm doing? I'm helping out the babies. Because if I'm going to ask you to do it, I'm going to be willing to do it. i got three children. 10-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 1-and-a-half-year-old. And all of them are up for sale. All right, um, some of you, uh, children's, there's the Connect ministry. Let me tell you what that is. Every time, every Sunday, we take up these cards and we do data entry. I know Rachel does that. You can do that from the comforts of your own home. Or greeters. Let me tell you what it takes to be a greeter. That's it. Now, some of you, that would. That, this is hard right now. All right? This is therapy. All right, turn your brand upside down. All right. Set up and tear down. Let me tell you about our set up and tear down. You want to know who our set up and tear down people are? There's six people, and they're up here on stage leading us in worship. For the past almost year since we've been in this theater, they've been meeting every Saturday for four hours to set up everything that you see here. Every Saturday for four hours. Now, let me tell you, one of the things that we're, we're getting ready to move from is we need a set up and tear down crew. We're looking for two teams of ten people so we can rotate one month on, one month off, so that people don't get burned out, and so that the praise team doesn't have to do that every Sunday. And I'll tell you, this is what's so cool. Saturday, um, starting in summer, we don't have to, you know, set up and tear down anymore because they don't have school. Ah! All right, so we're going to leave this stuff set up for two months. But I'll tell you, come August, our goal is to do set up and tear down on Sunday. I don't Saturdays anymore. And that means we're going to have to get two teams, ten people on the team, to get here to 5 o'clock in the morning to set up. And I know some of you are like, I just got slain in the spirit. What was that? All right. Um, I'm telling you, we need you to get involved. 
Because it's easy to get burned out setting up a tent. Now, let me tell you the reason why we do this. It's for people who don't know Jesus Christ. And some of you, you've been here for months, and you said, I just hadn't gotten involved. And you use excuses. I'm taking away all the excuses. All right? Get involved somewhere. Let me give you another. Community group facilitators. Um, we would like to start a, a community group for singles. The reason why we don't have it isn't because we don't have singles. It's because we don't have a community group facilitator. And let me tell you, it's not rocket science. We give you, we do a training. We have our next training coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll train you. And then you get curriculum and you just ask questions. You don't even have to have the answers. You just ask them. All right? It's a no-brainer. Student ministry as well. Hear me, you can get involved. So my question is, where are you going to get involved? Where is it going to be? Because when we place our hearts and hands to the place of greatest demand, there are things that all of us can do that none of us can do if it's just by ourselves. And even though we're called one church, every one matters. It's not about one person or one group. Everybody has a Dear Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for this uh, this little story that we find in Acts. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, that all of us have a place that we can serve. And Lord, I know for some of those right now, they don't know where they fit. And Lord, I pray that they would take that next step. Their next step would say, you know what, I, want to, I need to be in communion. I need to sign up by the hub table. But for most of us, most of us, we need to get up out of our seats. And Lord, we need to take this card to a ministry representative who's out there in the foyer and say, you know what, I don't know what I need to know about working in children's, but I'm willing to learn. I don't know what I need to know about working, you know, doing data entry, but teach me. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I don't know a lot, but I can set up a speaker. I can, you can teach me how to roll up a mic cord. But put me in. Put me in the game. Because what we're doing here is too important too important for just just leave it alone. Lord, it's about serving and doing so, serving strategically so that all of us have a place at the table. Of course, in Jesus' name that we